0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. Well, Merry After Christmas. Good morning. You guys actually said that back. That was awesome. (laughs) So, uh, we're getting ready to do the New Year's this week. Um, How many of you guys make New Year's resolutions? Some of you guys do. A handful of you guys do. How many guys at one time actually tried to make New Year's resolution? Okay. Yeah, most of you guys are like just depressing. I remember <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I remember I uh, did one like four or five years back and I was like, I'm gonna journal every day. And uh, I'm not a journaler, so I got this awesome journal because you know if you're gonna do it, if you you gotta invest into it, it. Got a really cool pen. And uh, like special, you know, handmade paper. Like, wow, this is just going to make my journaling experience so awesome. And so I decided, well, I'm going to write the date every day. On the, on the front, I wrote my, you know, my goals, my uh, resolutions for the year. And then I wrote, uh, you know, what I was going to do that year. And, you know, I was going to run 500 miles. And <laughs> I was going to read 100 books and, uh, um, you know, whatever. Anyways, so on the top, I wrote the date. I decided, I'm going to write the date. Uh, I'm going to write um, the day in a row that I've spent this quiet time with God. So, you know, I could see, you know, wow, look at I've gone 3,000 straight days spending time with the Lord. And then I'm going to write my weight. And uh, so, like the first week, it like got depressing. Because I'm like, it's going to take me most of a year to make these numbers match up. <laughs> and, uh, so it didn't last very long. The first sentence was always depressing. Like I just finished my title. I'm not feeling good about today anymore. Uh, Anyways, moving on. Sorry, just had to say that. Uh, So some of you guys make New Year's resolutions, and uh, we're getting ready to start this new year, new season. Some of you guys have had a great 2012. Some of you guys have room for improvement um, for 2013, and um, um, that's all right. That's all good. So a lot of people just see this as like some sort of restart or refresh as we come in this year. And that's fine. We can use it. But today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys um, kind of refresh and restart some things too. So we're all gonna, we all got a match when you came in. So you are going to take it and you're going to light it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we're just going to redo. No, do not play with matches right now. Put it in your pocket, please. That's the only reason I mentioned that. Um, no, but we're going to talk about some um, really important things. It's for this next year, that's just for your life, that's for today specifically. It's something that I've been kind of working through now for six months or so and uh, just processing and digesting and now I just feel like it's time it's a good time to just share it with you guys and we can do this together. So I'm gonna be getting into the word. That's the Bible. If you guys have a Bible next to you, I'm gonna be in the Old Testament. As close to the game I'm gonna be in First Kings. If you guys have one of those Bibles next to you, it's on page 352. I'm going to be in 1 Kings 19, chapter 19. I'm going to start in verse 19. I'm going to stay there for the next 20 minutes or so. Um, if you guys have uh, your phone, some of you guys do your Bible on your phone, you guys can just type it in. A really good uh, side note to you version. We tell you guys it's a free Bible app, but for those of you who like doing, you know, um, that want to start something, uh, like you want to read the whole Bible in a year, they have lots of great plans. If some of you have a a, a commitment issue, like a year is a long time. Um, they have 90-day Bible reading plans, and uh, if that's even tougher, they'll give you like a verse of the day. So you guys can you can go there, pick pick your piece. So I'm going to assume everybody's there. So I'm gonna just going to read the scripture that we're going to go through today, and that's in King 1 Kings 19, and I'm going to go through verse 21. It says this: So Elijah went from there. There is a cave. We'll get to that in a minute. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha. So Elijah is number one. Elisha is number two for today. So found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah, one, went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha, number two, then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my... Father and mother, goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So this morning, uh, as I share with you guys um, kind of what I've been chewing on, um, there's four things that I want you to walk away from. You guys have notes in your, uh, your uh, bulletin there if you guys want to fill those out as I kind of go through. There's lots of extra space for your own notes, your own notes or thoughts or drawings, um, things like that. Um, and the first one is this. I'm going to hop right in. The first thing that I want you guys to walk away with today is that we have a higher calling um, and that today, specifically, we're going to have an invitation to a higher calling. So as I un- unpack that and talk about what that means, I want to, I want to talk to you guys first about what um, Elisha was doing. Elisha was a field worker. He was a hard worker. I don't know if many of you guys have ever worked the fields um, as a profession or uh, uh, besides gardening. Gardening is tough in, its, in itself. I have a black thumb. Some of you guys have very green thumbs here in Venetia. In this area, Um, but it takes a lot of work. It's laborious, Um, and that's what Elisha did. Um, He worked the fields. The other thing we learn from him that he didn't just work hard is that uh, his father um, was probably very wealthy uh, to own this many cattle—or not cattle, Um, oxen—and he uh, had a fantastic job um, because it says that Elisha. Uh, was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. So what that means is that he was working the field and it says that there was uh, the, a double yoke. So it really means there's 24 oxen. Now I've looked at that and I thought, man, this guy is like hardcore, amazing to stand behind 24 animals with a plow and say, let's go straight and just hang on for the ride. Couldn't imagine. I even like looked online, I saw pictures. There's like cool pictures of him like rawr driving 24 oxen. It's just not true. I'm just going to tell you guys. Uh, what this is really saying, um, because first of all, no one ever did that or does that. Um, and second of all, um, what that is saying is it says he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair, which means that he was plowing with, meaning they were in front of him that he could see them. So he was driving the 12th pair himself. So what he did is he oversaw, he's like a manager, he so oversaw other servants working the land, all with a pair <sighs> of oxen with their own plow, working the fields. And the fields were, this was a a big time right now because they had just gotten done with a drought. They hadn't seen rain for a long time. The ground was hard. They were going to be able to have crops now. So he was out there working the land hard. And the other interesting thing is he wasn't just managing or watching from a distance. He was there doing it himself as well, working and plowing the land. So what's Elisha's life like? Well, he's got... A job, first of all, he's a steady job. Um, he's got a lot of responsibility, and um, every day he gets up early in the morning. I'm sure in his routine and has his eggs and his baking because that's what farmers do. They eat hearty meals, and then he goes out and he stares at oxen and he smells oxen all day because there's there, that's what's in front of him and that's the world he knows all day. It's this, watching oxen go in front of him and watching his servants do that. So it's somewhat mundane, but it's a job. It's a steady job. It's a good job. He's just behind the plow all the time. That's his life. That's who he is, and that's what's going on. And this interesting thing happens. um, While he's out there doing that, this man named Elijah comes along. So now, who's Elijah, and what was he doing? Uh, Like I said, uh, there was a cave, and it says he went from there. Um, Elijah is this awesome prophet. Uh, He didn't even have to die. Later on, we see he gets like a crazy roller coaster ride on up um, to heaven, and you guys can read about that later on and through the Bible. Um, But uh, he was going through this major bout of depression. Um, There was an evil queen uh, that now was trying to kill him, uh, had put like a... You know Robin Hood type of reward out there in his head and uh, he was trying to escape um, he had done many miracles uh, God had done many things through him and people were like there eh, and they were kind of done with it and so he had left he was depressed he was in a bad place and was kind of crawling into a hole like many of us do. I know I have crawled into a hole before um, and I'm kind of done with it. Um, so that's who Elijah is and what was going on with him. He was this awesome guy. God, God was doing amazing, great things from, through him and with him, yet still, he's human and had an opportunity to just get in this kind of sour, bad place to the point where he said, God, just take me now. I'm just done with this. And God said, Hey, I still have some plans for you. First thing you need to do is eat, because, you know, when we're depressed, we don't eat. Um, he said, eat food and rest and eat more food and drink some water. Here you go. And then started to speak to him about this guy named Elisha and said, told him some of the things that were going to happen and said, hey, your predecessor is going to be this guy named Elisha and I want you to invest in him. He is going to be the prophet after you and I'm going to do great things with him. In fact, I'm going to do greater things with him than I have with you. And uh, we'll unfold that kind of as after you go get him. So Elijah has now left and is on his way and has come upon um, Elisha, who is just plowing the fields. Now, I believe that there's many of you in here today that are just plowing away. And you are unaware that God is talking about you, conspiring to bless you, thinking of new ways to love on you just like it happened to Elisha. Elisha didn't know God had these crazy big plans for him. He was just doing what he did every day. There was nothing even in fact that said, um, that's in the Bible that shows us that he was even worthy or ready for or had been aspiring to do something else, something greater, some different kind of calling. Um, but God, I believe, um, is conspiring uh, behind your back and telling even other people Um, about you without you even knowing about it and today i want you to know that you have an invitation for a higher calling now this was a good job a steady job like i said and like most of us know right now a job is a job a plus right now in this economy now the difference i need you guys to understand is there's a difference between better and greater god had something greater for elijah not better it was just different um Many of us would look at be like, yes, I am starting to pick up what you're, what you're laying down there. I'm smelling what you're you know, walking all over right now. And that's that there's a, something better for me, like a better job. I'm not saying that. There's a difference between better and greater. He may not be calling you today and this week and this next year to quit your job. It's not a, a better job. Maybe it's being at your job with a greater sense of destiny. Maybe it's not leaving your spouse for a better one. Maybe it's engaging in your spouse in a greater love to the point that there's someone they never dreamt that they could be because of your greater love for Christ. Maybe it's not to step out into something new, but it's to step up where you're at. There's nothing wrong with um, doing the things that you're doing now, the plows that you guys are plowing currently in your life. God calls different people to do different things Um, But there's this higher calling to all the believers who have settled into this spiritual survival mode As many of us get into or this cave We get in or this plow that we continually do the same mundane routine this comfortable complacency this miserable Mediocrity we go to church. We check it off of a list. We go to a building yet we're not really engaging in the church itself. God this year is holding the door open for you in this new season. He's going to hold the door open for you and invite you and give you an invitation for a higher calling. So that's kind of a big deal because I'm not real sure where it's going to land for each of you. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what major moves or minor moves that means in your life. I'm sure that the Spirit will just speak to you in your own timing and 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 put his cloak on you or his mantle or Jesus came and left so we could have the spirit um, which we each receive so I'm not sure um where that's going to end up for you but I do know where it starts and that's number two this requires a deeper surrender excuse me this requires a deeper surrender for this higher calling for this greater thing he makes sure that there's nothing to run back to. He is Elisha. So this is what happened. Now, he, he threw this cloak around him, which was like a camel fur hair, uh, which signified all the blessings that was given to him. And at this moment, it like switched and he took off. And he said, let me go kiss my mother and my father goodbye, he said, and then I will come and go with you. Elijah said, go back. What have I done to you? Like, go back, please do this because I am not calling you. I am not having you do these things. God's calling you. He's been talking about you before you even know. He has these greater plans for you in your life, these blessings for you. So this is a big deal. Please go kiss mom and dad and say goodbye because this is him doing something with you. I haven't done this. What have I done to you? So in verse 21, it says, so Elisha left him, went back. He took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. Now, this wasn't that big of a deal back in the day to do some sort of animal sacrifice um, to God and defeat it amongst the people. It was atypical back then. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, he's killing everything. Um, He went back and it was a sacrificial, it was a sacrament um, for what God was doing in this time, uh, in his life, and uh, him leaving the plow. But what he does next is really kind of ridiculous, I think, and over the top. I would say, to a point, Um, but it speaks truth into our own life and it's been speaking to me for quite some time. He does something that I don't think really needs to be done and that is that he then burns the plows that he was plowing the field with um, to cook the meat with. He didn't make another fire. He burned the plows, his tools of the trade, so he had nothing to go back to. He completely got rid of this to have this. Uh, so he couldn't go forward into these greater things or this higher calling or this different area God wanted him to go and still kind of have his hand on what was comfortable, what he knew. He couldn't go back to it. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and then ate and then set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. See, many times we like move into something else. We start tippy-toeing into something else, but we're just got to kind of be comfortable and kind of keep our hands in this a little bit and our hands in this a little bit and our hands in this a little bit because it's comfortable. I think today, in this new year, God might be calling all of us to maybe burn some plows in our life, to maybe prepare ourselves for these greater things God might be calling us to. I don't think a lot of people really understand what salvation is. I kind of see this picture, this uh, image the same thing with this burning the plow. Salvation is when we say yes to God, when we say yes to Jesus, that you're my Lord, I'm going to follow you and make you the Lord of my life. We're kissing the world goodbye. That's really what that means. So if you're not kissing the world goodbye, saying that you're the only thing that matters to me centrally, <laughs> that you're my all in all, you're the priority in my life and the state forward, and I'm ready to serve you and follow you, I'm not sure if you really understand what it is. And that's a tough statement to make. It's a tough statement to make for myself. I'm not sure you've really burned that plow, that you uh, that was plowing on your terms and your land and your direction. So I started looking and I saw some significance and I said, well, what does Jesus kind of say about this? This is, you know, Old Testament. It's not like it's bad, but I was like, well, I want to see what Jesus has to say about this. And it struck me that, um, kind of like an, a section that's always kind of confused me and bothered me to say, what does this mean? It says in Luke, we went through Luke part one this last year. It says in uh, Luke 9:23, it says, then he said to them all, and then he, he is Jesus. He was saying to all, which at this time was his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. I've always struggled with that. Like, what does that mean to deny myself and take up my cross? And follow you daily. So the third thing we need to do is take up our cross. First, <clears throat> first thing that we need to do is be prepared that we have a higher calling. Then we need to requires a deeper rescinder, a deeper surrender. And then we need to take up our cross. I, I started seeing that like, okay, uh, getting rid of myself is like this plow moving forward or accepting the cloak or the spirit or the mantle that Jesus lays on our life is like taking up my cross, moving forward, being done with myself, my plows, my comfort, staring at the things that I'm used to staring at, smelling the smells that I'm used to smelling, having everything where I like it and I want it isn't as important. Maybe that's what that means. So some of us today need to take up our cross. The the fourth thing we need to do is we must get lower to rise higher. We have to get lower to rise higher. After Elisha burns his plows, and he leaves and he follows Elijah, and he catches back up with him, and says he went to go be his servant, or his attendant. You don't hear much from him for many years after that. You don't hear this greater life that he had gone to do. You don't see the double portion that you do later. It takes many years before you even hear of the first uh, miracle, and that's, he tells some people to dig dishes, to dig holes in the ground. And then God begins to do greater things through him. It's even mentioned to that Elijah guy, I think knows, Elisha guy knows God because wasn't he the one that used to pour water on Elijah's hands? Meaning that he went to be lower to become higher. He went to go be a servant. He had a servant's heart. Just as, John the Baptist became lower so that Jesus could become higher. Just that Jesus himself, many, many, many times in his life became lower. Even became lower before his death when he sat around a table and he washed his disciples' feet. And later on, when he died himself so that we could become better and then giving us his spirit. You must get lower to rise higher. Sometimes it's not where you're going to be and that, that this greater thing that's going to happen to you after you burn your plow, this thing that God has for you is so that more people recognize your contribution and more people see you and what you're doing and you know, there's more fame and more you. Sometimes that higher calling, that greater thing will be that less people notice you, less people give you recognition, less people recognize your contribution. There are people today that God's trying to get to burn some plows. I have my plows to burn. Some of you here today need to burn something emotionally. Some of you need to burn something relational. You might you might have a person. Like, don't physically burn them, please, when we're done. <laughs> you're bad for me. <laughs> but you might need to delete them out of your phone. You might need to not be Facebook friends with some people or things you're... Facebook friends with or some things on your computer or some things that you read or things that you need to burn. I mean, gosh, I don't know how many conversations with moms I've had that are looking at Pinterest and pinning things to do with their children because they want to do things with their children at the same time they're telling their kids to shut up because they're trying to do Pinterest. (laughs) Emotionally burning some things and refocusing on what that is important. Some of you here today and God's trying to tell you that you need to burn some of these things in your life. Some of you are here today and you need to move out with that guy or that girl because you're not living with that person because they're not your husband or your wife and God's not going to love you any less if you don't move out but there's something blocking God from doing greater things in your life because there's something you won't let go of. There's something else going on. And for those of you shaking your heads and agreeing, some of you are holding a plow of unforgiveness, a plow of bitterness, a plow of excuses, a plow of blame, a plow plow could be anything. And a plow doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's not like Elisha said, hold on, I've got to go back and then went and burned his stash of drugs and got rid of everything that was bad in his life. He burned a good thing. He burned something else someone could have used. He could have handed that plow down and said, here's some tools for you to use. We do that so often and say, hey, hey, my junk might be your treasure. Do you want this before I get rid of it? It was a good thing that he was getting rid of, that he burned. But it was keeping him from a greater thing that God had for him, that God had in store for him. So I did. I gave you guys all a match. You guys need to get your match. I'm really not going to have you light it. But I want you guys to take this match home. Some of you might go home and physically burn something. Be safe. Some of you, there's something to hold on to. Maybe this year, this season, maybe the next couple of days to pray about and ask yourself, what's a plow in my life that doesn't need to be a plow in my life that's keeping me from the greater things? This higher calling God has for me now in this season I believe that there's some healing that needs to happen in this room today. And I want you to know that Jesus is walking up and down these aisles today just as he does every week and in this community and in this county and all around. And he's walking around and he's putting his cloak on you. He's putting his spirit on you. He's calling you to a greater life. Not just a better one, a greater one. And some of you in here this morning... Need to just get rid of the plow. Some of you guys are plowing, and you don't even know that Jesus is around or is willing to walk up to you and throw his spirit on you, to throw his cloak on you. So, what are you going to burn? What do you need to burn? I have things I need to get rid of this year to make room, to be available, to be accepting. So ask yourselves that. Would you guys bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.